You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. The FBI kicks Mubot out of small business routers. Sensitive data has been stolen from a state government network. AMC proposes a multi-million dollar settlement after improperly sharing subscribers' viewing habits. The U.S. targets an Iranian military ship in the Red Sea with a cyber attack. Lawmakers propose transparency in the use of algorithms in criminal trials. CERT-EU highlights a spear-phishing spike. An infamous Zeus and Iced ID operator pleads guilty. Our guests are Dr. Josh Brunty, head coach, and Brad Wolfenden, program director of U.S. Cyber Games, joining us to share the details of how their 2024 season is shaping up. And AI comes to video. It's Friday, February 16th, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for joining us here today. On Thursday, the FBI announced the disruption of a Russian GRU-led hacking campaign, Operation Dying Ember, which compromised over a 1,000 home and small office routers worldwide for cyber espionage. This operation, conducted with international partners, successfully expelled the hackers and prevented their re-entry by identifying and eliminating MUBOT malware from the infected routers. The GRU utilized these routers for extensive spear phishing campaigns targeting entities of interest to the Russian government, including U.S. and foreign governments, military, and corporate organizations. This initiative is part of the Justice Department's increased efforts to counteract Russian cyber activities against the U.S. and its allies. This announcement follows a similar FBI operation against Chinese government-sponsored hackers targeting U.S. infrastructure, highlighting the FBI's ongoing efforts to dismantle malicious cyber operations and safeguard national and allied security. CISA and the MSISAC have reported a cybersecurity breach 
where an unidentified group infiltrated a state government's network, stealing sensitive data. At this point, neither the state nor the group have been identified. The data was later found for sale on the dark web, traced back to a compromised account of a former employee. Using CISA's untitled Goose tool, it was discovered that the attackers exploited credentials from the former employee and SharePoint to access on-premises and Azure AD systems, also conducting LDAP queries for further information. The agencies recommend enhancing security by reviewing administrator accounts and implementing multi-factor authentication. Meanwhile, CISA has added a vulnerability affecting Cisco's ASA and FTD security products to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog due to its exploitation by the Akira ransomware group. This flaw, identified back in 2020, allows unauthorized remote access to sensitive device memory data, including credentials, via the AnyConnect SSL VPN feature. Despite Cisco's patch in 2020, recent TrueSec investigations reveal its active exploitation in ransomware attacks. CISA mandates government agencies to patch this vulnerability by March 7th and strongly advises all organizations to secure their systems against this exploit to prevent unauthorized access and data breaches. Streaming media provider AMC has proposed an $8.3 million settlement for sharing 6 million subscribers' viewing histories from its streaming services with tech companies like Google, Facebook, and X-Twitter, violating 1988's Video Privacy Protection Act, the VPPA. AMC's use of tracking technologies like the Metapixel enabled the linkage of personal information with viewing data. Despite denying wrongdoing, AMC seeks to settle to avoid litigation uncertainties with a hearing set for May 16th. The settlement includes altering tracking practices and offers affected subscribers a one-week free subscription. The Video Privacy Protection Act, by the way, is designed to protect the privacy of individuals' video rental and purchase records. The law was a direct response to the privacy concerns raised during the confirmation hearings of Judge Robert Bork for the U.S. Supreme Court when a newspaper published his video rental history. Under the VPPA, videotape service providers and now streaming services are prohibited from knowingly disclosing without the consumer's written consent information about the specific videos an individual rents or purchases or about their personal information to third parties. Despite dating back to the 80s, the VPPA is considered one of the stronger laws in the U.S. aimed at protecting consumer privacy, particularly in the context of entertainment and media consumption. NBC News reports that the U.S. executed a cyber attack on an Iranian military ship in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden. The ship was said to be gathering intelligence for attacks on cargo vessels. This cyber operation came in response to an Iranian-backed militia drone strike in Iraq, killing three U.S. service members, and aimed to disrupt the ship's capability to aid Houthi rebels in Yemen. The Houthis have targeted shipping lanes, affected global shipping, and prompting companies to halt operations in these waters. The U.S. action follows airstrikes in Iraq and Syria and forms a broader strategy against Iranian aggression. Despite denials from Iran regarding the ship's role, the U.S. continues to counter threats in the region. 
Democratic Representatives Mark Takano and Dwight Evans have reintroduced the Justice in Forensic Algorithms Act, aiming to increase transparency in the use of algorithms within criminal trials. This legislation would grant defendants access to the source code of software analyzing evidence against them and mandates the National Institute of Standards and Technology to establish testing standards for forensic algorithms. The initiative addresses concerns over human bias in software, especially in facial recognition technology, and the potential for technology to be viewed as infallible in legal contexts. Highlighting the importance of due process over proprietary rights, the bill seeks to ensure that defendants and their attorneys can scrutinize the technology that could impact the outcomes of criminal proceedings. Representative Takano says he's optimistic about bipartisan support due to shared concerns over law enforcement's surveillance powers. A report from CERT-EU finds that in 2023, EU-based organizations experienced a significant increase in spear phishing attacks, particularly exploiting EU political and diplomatic events. These attacks were notably linked to the EU's political processes for the first time in such a concentrated period, utilizing lures related to EU affairs and policies, including documents and information related to specific EU bodies and events. China-backed threat group Mustang Panda has been identified as a perpetrator since at least 2022. Attackers targeted individuals and organizations involved with the EU, often impersonating EU staff or public administration members from EU countries to increase the credibility of their phishing attempts. The diplomacy, defense, and transport sectors outside public administration were particularly targeted, with attackers also diversifying their methods to include instant messaging and social media platforms. This escalation of spear phishing activities poses a significant threat, especially with the upcoming EU elections in May of 2024. Vyacheslav Penkukov, a 37-year-old from Donetsk, Ukraine, pleaded guilty for his significant role in the Zeus and ICED-ID malware attacks, which led to massive financial threats from victims worldwide. Arrested in Switzerland in 2022 and extradited to the U.S. in 2023, Penshikov's crimes spanned from stealing bank account details via Zeus since 2009 to collaborating using the ICED-ID malware from 2018 to 2021, which also facilitated ransomware attacks. His criminal activities, which notably included an attack on Vermont Medical Center, resulted in extensive damages and led to his placement on the FBI's Cyber Most Wanted list. Penchikov faces sentencing on May 9th, with each charge potentially carrying a maximum of 20 years in prison. Coming up after the break, my conversation with Dr. Josh Brunty and Brad Wolfenden from U.S. Cyber Games. They're going to update us on how their 2024 season is shaping up. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. 
It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. It is my pleasure to be joined here today by Dr. Josh Brunty. He is the head coach for the U.S. Cyber Games. Also joining us is Brad Wolfenden. He's the program director for U.S. Cyber Games. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here today. Thanks for having us, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Brad, let me start with you here. For folks who aren't familiar with the U.S. Cyber Games, can you give us a a little description of what the organization is all about? Yeah, certainly. So uh, the U.S. Cyber Games was founded about four years ago, um, 2019, with the ultimate goal to recruit and train a team of young cyber professionals, uh, we call them athletes, cyber athletes, to compete at international competitions. We were founded in collaboration with the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education and received some additional federal funding from Department of Homeland Security. Um, And our mission is to bring together talented industry professionals, um, young athletes, um, corporate sponsors, and partners um, to deliver uh, on our values. And what are those values? First and foremost, it's representing the United States wearing the red, white, and blue into international competition. Second is to drive uh, some new and different approaches into cybersecurity workforce development. Um, And third is to collaborate with uh, some of our international partners on a global scale um, in uh, really kind of uh, bringing more uh, folks into the world of cyber um, and encouraging them to consider careers in the field. So, Dr. Brunty, as head coach of the team this year, um, what are your expectations here? What what are you hoping to see from uh, this uh, collection of athletes? Well, you know, first and foremost, we're trying to produce a team that competes well at the international level. That's a, two major competitions that we're preparing for, uh, the International Cybersecurity Competition, which will be uh, this October in Santiago, Chile, and the European Cybersecurity Competition, 
which will be held in Italy that same month. So those are our two major competitions that we're focused on that we're preparing for. But more importantly than that, we also want to prepare during that time through having our team compete in stateside capture the flag and attack defense competitions as preparation for that. So so to answer your question of what we're looking for and what we're what we're trying to achieve there uh, competitively is to be the best team that we possibly can in the world. And we do that through continuous competition. Uh, you'll see us pop up in a lot of different CTFs. Uh, we'll be playing a CTF uh, coming up here Friday night. We'll be doing uh, competition prep this weekend. So it really has a lot to do with just playing as much as we possibly can, as as any sports team would. Uh, we we are constantly looking to gain the competitive edge through, through our experience in competitions. Can you give us an idea of what makes a good team? The Are there a variety of skills that you're looking for to to have a, a diversity of, of knowledge and, and thought processes? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we're looking for uh, when we pick our team is we try to mix it across six different domains. And that is across cryptography, forensics, reverse engineering, pawn and <laughs> binary exploitation, web, and just a, what we call a miscellaneous category. So, you know, and that can include hardware uh, challenges that we may uh, see pop up that that may not fall across those uh, original five categories. So when we when we choose, we're looking for individuals that might be strong in forensics and reverse engineering because a lot of those cat items that we see in the workplace may be you know, cross-cutting in terms of knowledge base. Uh, but we're also looking for individuals that will, um, that that know how to think outside the box, that, that, you know, carry a different mindset. So I think different than in years past, we, when we were picking our team this go around uh, for season three, we wanted to have individuals that, um, or at least when I was looking, that that really would ask the right questions to think themselves out of the box. And I've been really happy with the results that we've seen so far uh, in our successes, even early on in the season. Brad, can you share with us what are some of the eligibility requirements here? What does it take to uh, to become a team member? In order to participate in the US Cyber Games program um, past the original phase of seasons, and one thing that I will mention is one of the one of the aspects of the program that's pretty unique and different is our approach in terms of fusing esports, athletics, and cybersecurity competitions. And so I'll reference um, many things I, I talked about athletes earlier and now seasons. Um, the first phase of the season is the US Cyber Open. Um, it is free and available to anyone and everyone, regardless of age, regardless of citizenship status. Due to the fact that we receive federal funding, um, we are not able to allow participation from the sanctioned countries um, as determined by uh, the federal government here in the U.S. Um, and once we move into uh, the more uh, competitive aspects of the season um, that become invite only, 
um, starting with what we call the U.S. Cyber Combine, um, there are two eligibility requirements um, that are set forth by uh, the rules and regulation of one of the competitions Josh mentioned, the International Cybersecurity Competition. Um, so we are looking for athletes that are 15 to 25 years old. Um, and then the other requirement is um, that they must be a U.S. citizen, either a born U.S. citizen or a naturalized U.S. citizen. You've used the word uh, athlete several times here. Do, does, do you find that sometimes folks uh, re react to that with raised eyebrows? <laughs> I do, actually, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I would say kind of one of our, our sub-values of the program is to define a cyber athlete. Um, it's a little bit of a newer term. I've seen lots of other competitions start to kind of adopt that term as well. And the term comes from the fact that, uh, you know, what Josh and the athletes are doing from a training perspective very much mirrors what you typically think of out of athletes. Um, you know, not just the determination and the focus, uh, but qualities like leadership and sportsmanship, massively important uh, when we're talking U.S. cyber games. Um, of course, availability and things like that. Um, but then we get further into it, and as Joss mentioned, um, in, in terms of the training approach, really kind of catering to those five categories, you even start to see athletes here with the U.S. Cyber Games program take on roles um, or quote-unquote positions, um, whether that's you know somebody that is um, really kind of the go-to expert for a category like cryptography or somebody that is uh, you know building uh, and uh, leveraging custom tools. Uh, those kinds of things. So, um, you know, the the term cyber athletes, while it is newer, um, and sometimes folks do raise their eyebrows, um, I think it's it's gaining some pretty solid traction. Josh, as you work with these athletes, uh, uh, the team that you have this year, beyond the goals of uh, of winning the prize and, and bringing it home for our nation. What do you hope that the participants get out of this in terms of their their own growth? Well, I mean, one of the things, as Brad had mentioned, you know, with the whole program as a whole, is we're teaching skills that transfer directly into the workplace. So this is not just something that we're doing for fun. These are individuals that are either already working in the workplace that are closer to that 25-year-old range or they're newer participants that are closer to the 15 to 18-year-old. So um, I think our overall goal um, obviously is to field a competitive team, but in the same token, we're teaching them skills that's going to make them very valuable in the workplace. And this is why... As we kind of move deeper into this program, and, and Brad has talked about this a little bit, you know, we have sponsorships and, and we're starting to, to gain the eyes of sponsors to say, hey, you know, our athletes are very valuable to us because they carry skill that no one else has. And that's, that's really at the end of the day as a coach, you know, if you, if you produce individuals uh, that carry enough skill that workplaces and government agencies and, 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 and contractors and vendors look at your individuals that you've trained and say, wow, you know, I want to hire that person. I think that that overall uh, is, is, to me, is more important and more valuable than, than winning a simple competition, in a sense. Brad, how do folks uh, find out more? If they're interested in participating here, what's the best way to reach out? 
Yeah, great question. Uh, so we will be um, hosting an upcoming webinar, um, all informational regarding season four, which is just around the corner. Um, the first of two webinars uh, introducing season four will happen on February 22nd, um, and there will be another one in May. Um, the season four timeline begins on May 30th, um, and that's with our virtual kickoff event. Um, and then subsequently the following day, we will open what we call the U.S. Cyber Open. Um, it's a 10-day long Capture the Flag competition. Um, you can learn more at uscybergames.com. All right. Well, Brad Wolfenden is program director and Dr. Josh Brunty is head coach of U.S. Cyber Games. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And finally, having seen generative AI applied to written content and still images... It was only a matter of time before these rapidly evolving tools would be applied to video. Yesterday, OpenAI introduced Sora, a new text-to-video generation model capable of creating realistic videos up to one minute long from text prompts. Sora excels in generating complex scenes with accurate details, multiple characters, and various motions, and can generate videos from still images or enhance existing videos. Despite its impressive capabilities, Sora may face challenges with complex scene physics and cause-and-effect relationships. The demo videos they've posted are simultaneously impressive and a little unsettling. Currently, access is limited to red teamers for assessing potential risks and a select group of visual artists, designers, and filmmakers for feedback. I have a couple of thoughts. First, I would hate to be in the stock footage business right now. Second, this particular genie is not going back in the bottle and could contribute to making what is sure to be a wild election year even more chaotic. And lastly, I can't help thinking of that old chestnut from Arthur C. Clarke that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Do check out the videos and let us know what you think. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. A programming note, we will not be publishing on Monday, February 19th in observance of Washington's birthday here in the U.S. We'll have some great bonus content for you to check out on Monday, and we'll be back on the mic Tuesday. We want to thank you for being part of our N2K Cyberwire community. Just by listening, you're staying ahead in cybersecurity with our podcast, 
Share your thoughts at cyberwire at n2k.com and be a part of shaping a daily briefing that's trusted by leaders and security experts worldwide. With each episode, feel better informed, connected, and empowered in the ever-evolving world of cybersecurity. Your insights make us better. Together, we're not just informed, we're a step ahead. And that's a great feeling to share. And please do share with your colleagues and online. Help us spread the word and continue to provide you with the news, intelligence, and insights you count on. Be sure to check out this weekend's Research Saturday and my conversation with Ori David, a threat researcher from Akamai. We're sharing their research, Frog for Shell. Fritz Frog Botnet adds one days to its arsenal. That's Research Saturday. Check it out. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire.